Not all those who wander are lost. J.R. Tolkien. Welcome to Aegis Travel Adventures. We are Ken and Giselle. We have been to over 100 countries and are still looking to see what is around the next corner. We love wine, travel, and adventure. Listen to our podcast where we share the fun of the magical places, people, and cultures that have touched our lives. Aegis? Aegis. Travel? Travel. Adventure. Hi, this is Ageless Travel Adventures. This is Ken. And this is Giselle. Welcome to podcast number nine. And on this one, we're going to talk about our day in Casablanca, Morocco, coming off of the Viking Jupiter cruise ship. Um, we also did a live uh, podcast, a live uh, audio when we were there, um, a video. Ken had been there way back in the day, uh, 50 years ago. So we kind of gave you guys a little entry to that. So we, we did the Viking um, included tour and they took us around the city and uh, we visited, again, as I, I call them drive-bys because they're, they're pleasant, but you don't learn a whole lot. Uh, the one thing that was interesting, we went by one of the world's largest mosques uh, it was in the top five in the world, and the first two are Mecca and Medina. And this one was built by the former king who died in the 90s, I believe, King Hassan, I think the second. And it took six years to build, and it's 20,000 people on the inside and like another 60,000 on the outside. So when we went there, they were closed for cleaning, and our guide um, had said, because we were not Muslim, that we were not allowed to go into the mosque, etc., which I didn't agree with because I, we, Ken and I have been to numerous mosques, and if you dress appropriately and there's times of the day you can go in and respectful, most mosques are more than welcome to let you come. And so later we, had, we met people that on the cruise ship that had went... Um, into the mosque and said it was absolutely gorgeous and beautiful and I've got some photos which I'll post on our Instagram account so you can see them though we weren't we weren't there but anyway so we enjoyed them we enjoyed walking around and then we got done with the mosque done with the tour and we went and had some um, tea some mint tea hot mint tea which in the desert it can be 120 degrees in the summer and you see everybody drinking this hot mint tea and it actually cools you down so we went to a cafe and we were just enjoying the little square we did um some uh quote shopping with a with a tour guide uh you went to these you know places that supposedly have legitimate um uh, items so anyway so we got done with that and we were walking along the street and i'll let ken tell you on our next adventure (laughs) well um we were looking at going, for one, to the um, cafe. Rick's Cafe. Rick's Cafe, thank you, um, which was part of the movie. Casablanca. Casablanca. And with Humphrey Bogart and... Ingrid Bergman. Ingrid Bergman back in... The 30s, 30s or 40s. Or 40s. Yeah. And that, that kind of put Casablanca on the map. So we thought, well, we'll go to Rick's Cafe. Well, the bottom line, you know, while we're standing around and we're looking at it, uh, you know, where to go, and it was a 15 or so minute walk um, away. And we already knew this, but somebody, some entrepreneur, decided that 
because it's Rick's Cafe's in the movie and Americans coming to Casablanca and any other movie aficionados want to go to Rick's Cafe, it didn't exist. It was a movie set. And so this entrepreneur decided they would build a Rick's Cafe and make it... Um, Tourist stop. But, but make it a replica of the original one so it looked the same. And we had seen it uh, on the drive-by on the tour bus, so we knew it was pretty close to the port. And uh, we said, well, we go in and look at it. You know, we, we like movies. We watch a lot of, of old movies, and we're, we're interested in, in some of the, the uh, movies in the past that were, you know, classics, widely, classics widely acclaimed and, uh, and so on. So uh, we thought we'd go. And then this guy comes up, and he's uh, speaking in very good English. And he says, uh, <laughs> I, you know, I'm a student, and... You know, and uh, I, I see you, can I help you, you know? And we asked about Rick's Cafe, and he said, well, it, it is, it's a 15, possibly 20 minute walk from here, but he said it's closed. And it was closed because it's Ramadan, at, at, you know, for a month. And um, with Ramadan, the, the Muslims fast during, from sunrise to sunset. They don't eat or drink anything. so. The actual the city was pretty calm with traffic and everything. A lot of people don't work because, particularly if you do heavy work, you can't drink in it. And it wasn't 120 degrees there. It was it was in the 80s, which uh, for March is is probably about the normal. But uh, still, if you're doing heavy work, you're sweating. It was it was warm. It wasn't hot, and so there wasn't much traffic. Uh, as we drove around on our tour. But anyway, go back to our little English-speaking student. He, uh, he told us it was closed. You could look at it from the outside. We'd already seen that on the tour bus during the drive-by. So we said, well, the, <clears throat> our guide had mentioned a market that was just down the way. We could see it. And he says, well, that's all stuff made in China. He said, it's, it's a, you know, trinket shops, <laughs> etc." We don't know if that was true or not. Our guide seemed to think it might be something we were interested in, um, you know, handicrafts, etc., etc. The shop he took us to that we had just left was full of trinkets and, hand, you know, not handicraft stuff. So uh, he said, I can show you. He said that the Berber women have an exhibit. This is the last day. For widows and orphans. Yeah, for widows <laughs> and orphans. And he said, uh, and they have some really great stuff. And he said... I can show you where it is. And he pointed and he says, well, I'll take you. So he walked us up there. And, Chatting the whole way. Yeah. And um, his English was, was quite good. And as soon as we got to the entrance, you know, he said, this is it. And uh, see you later. Be so, sure to tell them I sent you. <laughs> so we went downstairs and in, into, uh, not exactly a basement, but it was the lower level. And the first thing we saw was lots of rugs. So that, that was the... The clue that this was probably not a Berber woman's shop could be. Uh, in our travels, we've seen lots of rugs in various countries being made by women, mostly that are from <clears throat> poor areas like Kashmir and so on. <clears throat> so a gentleman came out and he was uh, very talkative and very friendly and uh, you know asking questions and so on and. Uh, so we said, well, we don't want any rugs. We already have rugs. We have too many rugs, we said. <laughs> and that's probably true. 
<clears throat> and we love our rugs, but still. So <laughs> Thank you, moved. Murat. So Murat is our, our rug salesman that uh, we've been using for many years, and he lives in Seattle. So we said, well, what else do you have? And he was showing us different art and that, <clears throat> and we saw a tablecloth. And he said, um, <clears throat> this is, um, you know, made by the Berber women. I said, I have, uh, you know, it's a one of a kind. And we said, what about, you know, there was like some napkins or place setter setting things that go with it. He said, I only have two. Um, so he unfolded it and, uh, and we looked at it and it was very pretty. And uh, so we said, well, how much do you want for it? And, um, you know, the, being the, the deal makers that many of the people are in these poorer countries, they start high and you work them down. And you, you think often you get a good deal by working them down. Um, he said $453 when he did the conversion. We just looked at him. I went, no, no, thank you. No, that's not going to I work. mean, I, we want it's a tablecloth, nice, but, but it, wasn't, it wasn't that. So hmm. we, the, the so gentleman, you know, went on. He kept saying, well, how much will you pay? Yeah. And so <clears throat> we finally got a price that was way below that. And he threw in a napkin. <laughs> Or whatever but it but was. my my favorite thing was after we agreed on the price, and this is where I I'm not so great at it. Um, I again he started like at four hundred dollars, and so I probably could have gone down quite a bit less, but I I stopped at what I thought was a reasonable amount. But as Ken pointed out, you know they're starting at an unreasonable amount, so you should just start them at a unreasonable amount on your end, and then you come to find something in the middle. Um, we met we had a friend in India that we went with, and she. The guy wanted for for a scarf. The guy wanted, I think, fifty dollars, and she said, "I'll give you five dollars for it." And so that gives you the difference, and then and eventually, and eventually, we ended up with a, a price in the middle. But anyway, so we we decided, and so we we kind of Ken and I we kind of chatted. So we came to a, a price, probably a little bit more than we may have should have we should have paid, and um, but not not anywhere near the four hundred dollars. So we bought the we bought the t- we bought the tablecloth, and as we're leaving, the guy goes, "Well, now you need to give me ten dollars for the orphans." And I'm like, I'm not giving you $10 for the orphans. We agreed on a price. So he wanted yeah. to throw in a prayer rug. We said, well, we're not Muslim, so uh, they're, they're pretty, but we don't need a prayer rug. So anyway. For an additional <clears throat> more money for the orphans. So anyway, then we started chatting about he was on Instagram, and we took photos and, and the whole bit. Then eventually we agreed on um, uh, he gave us some uh, two napkins, and we tipped, we, we tipped the guy five bucks. And so we were... We, we, we were kind of, everybody was kind of happy at the end. I think we probably could have gotten down a little bit, but it was fine. But the moral to the story is, Ken and I consider ourselves pretty savvy travelers. We are aware of what goes around us. Ken is an, an excellent observer of his surroundings. So we bought this guy's shtick and he took us you know down the street and all he was was the guy's salesman. And let's face it, I mean, he was not rude and we could have walked away. Nobody was holding a gun to us. Nobody made us feel threatened. We could have easily walked away, but we bought into the whole deal. 
And so we went ahead and we, we did like the tablecloth. So we have a beautiful tablecloth. Um, and then we got done. The guy goes, I've got some spices. I want to see you. They're special. I'm like, I don't want to see your spices, dude. We're out of here. <laughs> so, um, and literally at that point, he kind of said, see you later, honey. And walked away. So we, we had done the deal. And um, it was just, it's a funny story to say. The moral to the story is, you know, um, just sometimes, you know, like I said, we kind of bought the guy's deal and went along with it. And it was fun. We have a good story to tell. And it's interesting with all the travels we've done, you know, they keep up in their game. And that, that's the point is uh, if you like something, you know, and you can bargain and start low and don't budge and be prepared to walk away. And, uh, you know, that's fine. But, you know, they continue to, uh, you know, refine the stick. And, uh, and they keep up in their game, and they're getting better and better at it, and they're very believable with a lot of the stuff they do. So uh, it, it's interesting. I was in Morocco 51 years ago, and you know the, the way you bought something was you go in the shop, and you admire it. You have some green tea, mint tea, and um, you tell the, the person, I'll come back tomorrow. I, I, I like your stuff. I like your shop, and we'll talk some more. And it's out of respect. So you come back the second day and drink some more tea and, and you inquire about what you're interested in, who made it, and you know, and, and um, would he be willing to sell it? Because sometimes it's a family item. And then the third day you come back and you do the tea thing again and that's when you get into the money and it's, it's a respectful way of doing things in Morocco. And um, so... I have a beautiful blanket that's, you know, supposedly this a person's grandmother made. It is pretty. And uh, it did take me three days to, to buy it. He wouldn't sell it to me. And, I mean, initially, I mean, I didn't ask to buy it. I said, I, I like it. And he said, well, it's really not for sale, you know. And, and that's kind of how they used to do business. Well, I think today they've, they've realized most tourists don't have three days. They don't come back the second day. Um, so... They come in, they like something, he gives them a high price, they counter, <clears throat> they get the deal done, usually within 30 minutes. So, you know, the world changes, and that's just the way it is with buying stuff. We're happy with, I'm happy with my blanket from 51 years ago, and uh, we're happy with the tablecloth that we just bought. But I think the interesting part is... Uh, they just keep up in their game. <laughs> and the thing that I would suggest is if, you know, this is something, an item that was, was not horribly expensive. It wasn't, you know, 20 bucks. But, it, but the point is, if you're going to buy something that's really pricey, I would be hesitant to buy it from one of those kinds of places. I think I'd want somebody who has some credibility. I mentioned Marat, our rug guy, which is how we kind of got to know him. Long story. But the point is, is that this is something that we can walk away with. And we come to find out if it is made in China, which hopefully it isn't, life will go on. It's, it's not that big of a deal. Um, but uh, the did guy, um, the guy did offer Ken um, a couple camels for me because I kept bargaining him down. And... Um, uh, Ken kind of thought for a moment and thought maybe. <laughs> yeah, the camels can't cook, and Giselle's a yeah. good cook, so yes. that's good for me. So, and I'm sure it was part of the deal. But anyway, so we enjoyed our experience, and we was it's a good story to tell, and we had a wonderful time there. Would like to go back and spend some more time there again. It's a cruise in, in stop the, in the country. Casablanca is is uh, kind of it's the biggest city in Morocco. It's sprawling now. Um, there's a whole area called the California District with 
pretty nice villas and homes that didn't exist when I was there before. Um, and it's kind of, to me, it's, it's kind of businessy and sterile. Marrakesh is, is a really cool place, and it's still cool with its huge Medina. And uh, the, the Medina we went to in Casablanca was uh, smallish, pretty typical, had a lot of the, the normal stuff you see, but um, nothing like what we've seen in Istanbul, um, Jordan, in Amman. <clears throat> or other places. So uh, Tangier is, I think, a little more mystique. Um, I, have, I haven't been there since in 51 years, but it, to me it had more mystique to it being right across from Spain. Um, so that's kind of our recap. Oh, one thing I was going to say is our guide, um, which I'm impressed me, um, was talking about um, the, I guess the com the country of Morocco, and they are very tolerant of all sorts of religions. And though they may be predominantly Muslim, they're very open. And people, there's lots of different kinds of churches there. There's Catholic churches, there's Protestant churches, and he said synagogues. They're very, um, they're very proud that they're a, they consider themselves a country, even though they're they're um, they're ruled by a king. So it's, 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 it's not democracy, but democracy light, if you will. But they are um, very... They have a parliament, you know, yeah. elected officials. And uh, one of the stories he told that was really interesting was during World War II, uh, a lot of Jews uh, fled to Morocco because historically there had been Jews for a long time in Morocco and they, many of them had migrated out and went to, to Israel and and went to other countries in Europe. Um, and when the war broke out and, and Germany and the Nazis were, were doing their bad stuff, uh, a lot of the Jews that had historical ties to Morocco came back. And at one point, you know, the, the, I think it was Himmler and the, the German army in North Africa demanded that Morocco turn the Jews over to them and they refused. <clears throat> and, um, and so they, many of them, never went back after the war. They still live there, and it has a sizable population of Jews in Morocco and synagogues. So, he interesting seemed, story. seemed to be quite happy that they lived in a kind of a, a multi-ethnic area. So anyway, um, so that's, our, that's our, our recap on Morocco. Um, and now we'll get to our tip of the day. And um, my travel tip of the day is really about... Um, just taking in where you're at. Um, I know we're all living by our iPhones and I'm the first one to, to take photos with my phone and you wanna capture every moment so you think that you can remember it. But sometimes, just stop and, and take a minute, put away your phone, put away the camera and just take a breath and look around and see where you're at. Because if you're like us, there's some of these places we're probably never going to get back to. And yes, the photos are a great way to, to do it, but sometimes it's just nice to just enjoy where you are. And yeah, you may not get this most amazing photo of some building, you know, etc. But Hey, no, they're out on the internet. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they're on the internet. But the point is, is that by, 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 by putting your phone down and not looking through the lens or looking through your camera lens all the way, you'll have, a, you'll have an opportunity to just enjoy where you're at 
and, and take in the sounds and the smells and really look at the people that you're walking around with. Doesn't mean you do it all the time. It's something that I've become more conscious of as we've traveled, especially in museums. You know, I don't need a photo of a photo of a, of a you know, of a, of a great piece of art. Um, just put away your camera and your phone and just enjoy where you're at and um, sit down, have a glass of wine at a cafe, cup of coffee, and just people watch. And then that you'll get to really enjoy and see where you're at. And then those are kind of memories that you'll be able to walk away with. So that's my tip of the day. Uh, Ken's tip of the day. <clears throat> On this trip, it's been pretty interesting. Uh, we were able to use credit cards. And I say credit cards, a credit card that we use for travel. And you have to decide which one is best for you. But one that has no foreign exchange rate is what you're really looking for. It's your best deal going. You're, you're going you're gonna to pay very little um, compared to exchanging money at a, at a bank. And you're going to pay even less than going to an ATM where they charge you a conversion fee. Um, so I would spend some time on travel credit cards. We'll probably do a podcast on those and talk a little more in detail on why we like the ones we have, particularly the one we use the most. And um, I think that's going to save you a lot of money in the long run by doing that. And, you know, going to banks and ATMs, although that was certainly uh, a good thing versus using traveler's checks way back in the day. Um, you know, things have, have continued to go digital, and um, most of what we've done has just been tap and pay. And it's safe. You see the amount, you tap, and that's it. And there's nobody takes your card, nobody does anything. And uh, we feel like it's saved us quite a bit of money. So that's our tip of the day. And it's safer here than actually in the U.S. because you don't give them your credit card. They bring you the little machine, which I think more and more people are doing. So anyway, so that's our tips of the day. We are now in Spain. And we will recap in the next few days on where we've been and what we're doing. And um, we'll continue to, to, um, to about our travels. And we thank you guys for joining us. And thank you for being part of our journey. See you soon. Bye-bye. Angels? Angels. Travel? Shadow. Adventure. Adventure.